Here with Coach Andy Kennedy of the UAV Blazers. Coach Kennedy, I want to get started a little bit with your playing career. 1,787 points. Be honest with me, who had more game in college, you or Jelly Walker? Different types of games. Uh, I didn't have that wiggle or that bounce. I think, I think Jelly is one of, if not the best player, most definitely under six feet tall in college basketball, is ability to go make plays off the dribble. Mm -hmm. Create space, he can shoot it. Uh, deep, deep, deep off the bounce. He can get in the mid-range, and he's gotten really good at efficient and getting to the free throw line. I was a little different. Six foot seven, I could play over the top. I tore my ACL back in the old days when you had to sit out. Remember those days? <laughs> you probably don't as young as you are, but back in the old days when you transferred, I had, I had to sit out, and in my sit-out year, I ended up tearing my ACL. So I played my whole career here uh, after coming off a, a torn ACL. I could really shoot it, uh, and my size helped me play over the top of some people. Right. Take me through a little bit of your pro career, what you learned playing ball overseas. My, my first year, when, when I was coming out, it was the first year that the draft got reduced from three rounds to two rounds. Back in the day, it used to be like six, and then they cut it to four, then they cut it to three. My year <laughs> out was the first year they cut it to two. Okay. Uh, undrafted, uh, had an opportunity to play in the Chicago pre-draft camp, played in the Portsmouth PIT. Uh, then had opportunities to go and be with different teams. I was with the Charlotte Hornets briefly, no guaranteed money. And even if it was guaranteed, back in those days, it wasn't a whole lot of money. Uh, had the opportunity to go overseas, bounced around a number of different places, owed money in about seven different countries, if you know any <laughs> yeah. good lawyers. <laughs> this was pre-FIBA where it was like legit, you know, uh, they, would, uh, they, they, would, they would pay you when they wanted to pay you. Uh, but had a good experience, ended up tearing my right ACL. I had, uh, I've had six total knee operations, but, but my last one is I tore my right ACL by playing in the summer league in Puerto Rico. Uh, and that, I lost a step I could no longer afford to lose. So uh, that is when I segued into coaching. Okay, uh, fast forwarding a little bit to you at Cincinnati. What was it like being thrown in, getting your first head coaching gig, granted with the interim status, but being thrown into the Big East as your first head coaching Yeah, it job. was really surreal. I remember this. Um, it was the first year that Cincinnati, along with Louisville, Marquette, DePaul, a number of other people were leaving and going into the Big East. Uh, that league was a really good league. That was the old Conference USA, and there were six bids out of that league. People can't remember that. There were six bids out of that league in the final year of, of, of being together. Uh, we go to the Big East, so we go to the Big East uh, preseason tip-off, the media gala, and they brought all the teams together, and we actually had a team picture. So here I am, I have never coached in any level. I've never called a timeout at any level. And I'm standing next to Rick Patino and Jay Wright and Jim Calhoun and Jim Beheim. John <laughs> Beeline was at West Virginia, Tom Cream was at Murray. I mean, it was like, it was like somebody, somebody self-imposed my picture and there it was like some kind of gag, right? Yeah. So it, it was it was really a crazy year. I got I got great love for Cincinnati, a great basketball town, um, and and they really supported us when I was there with Hugs, and they ended up supporting me through my one year there. Uh, funny how things work out. You know, one day I'm coaching uh, Cincinnati, and uh, 24 hours later I'm the head coach at Ole Miss. Right. Take me through your first NCAA tournament, Viv. What did it mean to you? 2013 been the first time in 11 years the Ole Miss have been to the NCAA tournament. What did that mean for you the first time getting over the hump? Too well, thankfully, we didn't have to wait to see whether or not we made it in. We captured the automatic bid by, right. by beating uh, Florida in the SEC championship game. So we knew coming in uh, we were going to be in the tournament. We didn't know against whom or where. We ended up playing Bo Ryan and the Wisconsin Badgers. Happened. We beat them. 
and had an opportunity for one defensive stop away from making a run in the Sweet 16. So um, I had a great 12 years there. You got to remember, I grew up in Mississippi, so coaching the flagship university in your home state for 12 years, uh, pretty ideal. What's it mean to you to be that program's all-time leader in wins at a Power Six program in the SEC? What's that mean? I just think that it, it proves that I was there a long time. You know, yeah. I was able to stay ahead of the curve. You know, there were many times where they had handed me the blindfold and I had the cigarette and I was walking the plank. They just didn't quite light it until 2018. But I had, I had a great run there, a lot of great memories. Take me through what it was like being named the head coach of your alma mater here at UAB. Oh, this was so weird. I, 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 I was at Ole Miss from 06 to 18. My deal ended in 18. I've got two daughters. One of them was a was a junior at Samford University, which is a private school here in town. Mm -hmm. And my youngest, when we moved to Oxford, she was going into the first grade. Again, my deal ends in March. In May, she graduated high school, so I never had to move her, which was a tremendous blessing. Probably my biggest accomplishment as a coach. That's I didn't awesome. have to uproot my children. Yeah. Uh, and so when, when it ended, we could have moved anywhere in the country, and we said, well, I knew at the time I was going to do TV. I, I wasn't looking to get right back into coaching. I needed to exhale a little bit. Uh, and we thought about a number of different places, but Birmingham was always home away from home. I graduated here. My wife graduated from here. Uh, our daughter was at Sanford. Our youngest was going to be at Auburn. So it just made a lot of sense logistically. I had no idea or, or, or vision of one day becoming the coach here. Two years later, COVID strikes, very bizarre time. And on top of that, I was afforded the opportunity to come home. How do you, before you guys win uh, that tournament final and punch your bid to the dance last year, how do you calm your guys down following a triple triple overtime semifinal win over Middle Tennessee State to then focus on the task at hand of winning the next day? Well, that's just what the game dictates. You know, you just, you just have to you have to get to the next one. And our guys were really excited. We're really excited about Frisco this year. We've got three more games that we need to we need to finish up strong in order to put ourselves in by territory. Uh, but last year, going into Frisco. Uh, no disrespect to North Texas, who won the regular season and won it convincingly. We felt like we were the best team, and we, we used the, the tournament to go and to prove just that. And I know our guys have similar sentiments this year. What was that feeling like, punching your ticket to the dance here for your alma mater? Oh, it was great. You know, it's the first time since 15 that, that UAB had been to the tournament. Uh, great pride in this program. What Gene Bartow did, I had the opportunity to play and learn from the founding father of UAB Athletics. Uh, and I have seen this this building when it's on fire, both as a player and as an assistant coach when I was here working for uh, Gene's son, Murray, in the mid-90s. So I know what this thing is capable of. I know this is a great basketball community. we just got to get them a product to be excited about, and we've got to produce between the lines. We've been pretty good, 22-7 and seven our first year, 27-8 and eight last year, sitting at 28-8 as we speak with three to go to, to get to the tournament. You bring in the Brewers this offseason out of East Tennessee State. You bring in a couple SEC transfers also the year prior, bringing in KJ, bringing in Jelly out of the transfer portal. How have you been able to utilize it so successfully, A? And then B, how do you get guys to gel together that quickly? Well, uh, you know, we, 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 I'm glad you didn't talk about all the ones I missed on because you certainly there's going to be a hit and miss in this, and it's got to make the, the, a lot of sense. I have really learned over the two years that we have really thrust ourselves into the portal, uh, I've learned a lot along the way and some things that I'm going to do different moving forward. Uh, when you bring in kids, most especially uh, older kids that have been to multiple schools, it takes a little longer than you might imagine to get everybody to understand this is what is expected here, this is our path to success, and this is your role in that path. 
Uh, and you're going to go through some ups and downs. We've certainly done that this year. We've lost five conference games by a total of 11 points, three of which in overtime. So, you know, we're sitting here 20 and 8, which a lot of people would, would take today. Uh, but we feel like we still left a lot of fruit on the vine. Right. To that point, Coach, take me through a little bit in January where you go through that lull, lose, I think, five of six, four of those by one possession games. How do you rally the troops to have done what you've done now in one seven of your last eight? Well, you've got to learn from it. I, I'm not one to believe that, that you need a loss to get your attention, but sometimes as kids, maybe you do. Uh, we were going through a lot at that time. We were losing close games. We were being inconsistent. One night it was our defense. The next night we have 22 turnovers. The next night we can't make a shot. It was just a lot of different things. And then Jelly goes down. Mm. You know, as, as we were losing these close games as a coach, you certainly know you have to make adjustments. But at the same time, you're losing by one, two points. So obviously not everything is broken. You just need to make adjustments. Then Jelly goes down against Western Kentucky, so everything changed. Because as you well know, I think he's seventh or eighth in the country in usage uh, here. Uh, so we put him in a position where a lot of things are, are designed around him. He missed five games, and then that five, we had to dramatically shift what we were doing on both ends of the floor. But as a result of that, it allowed guys like Ty Brewer, like L.A. Brewer, to expand their roles, and they really flourished in that. So now that we're back whole, Jelly's back whole, our team's back whole, I hope we're ready to play our best basketball this season. Right. For that question, are you guys playing your best basketball you feel right now leading into Frisco? No, there's still a lot of things that we need to improve upon, ball security, sense of urgency, but as now we've got two weeks left in the regular season prior to March Madness. I hope our guys have the vision and the awareness now. It's now or never. Mm -hmm. What is the X factor that you all need to do this exceptionally well in order to win three straight in Frisco? Well, for us, it's just about being the best version of self. We have a formula that we know how we can be successful. We've got to be disciplined enough to stay to that formula. Thank you so much for your right. time today, Coach Kennedy. Really appreciate it. Thank you.